This is a Federal News Network podcast. If you're a military spouse in Maine, say, and you're a social worker, you probably can't practice in California. Your license doesn't carry over. That issue leads to a lot of headaches and financial stress for relocating military families, and it puts a hole in the spouse's resumes. The Defense Department is trying to ease that burden by giving grants to professional organizations to build licensure compacts among the states. Federal News Network's Scott Mossioni spoke with Dan Logston, director of the Council of State Government's National Center for Interstate Compacts, and with the director of DOD's Defense State Liaison Office, Marcus Beauregard. We've been working on military spouse licensure now for about nine years, and it has become a significant issue, long-term significant issue for the for the department because military spouses generally have a relatively high uh, unemployment rate, certainly higher than their civilian contemporaries. Through our surveys, we see that it stays at about 24 to 25 percent, which is significantly high. And it's associated with, with the lifestyle that they have, that they move every two to three years. And as a consequence, they're constantly seeking, filling, losing jobs, and it's very tough for them to have a career, particularly if they are in a licensed profession where they have to go through the process every time they move of getting a new license prior to going out and finding another job. From what I understand, military spouses do have some programs that they can go through to help with reciprocity and things like that. Maybe if you're a nurse or uh, you know some of the more high-profile licensure occupations, what does this program do compared to you know the ones that, that already exist? Licensing is a state-operated function, as you know. Uh, and so there are are not necessarily programs available for for military spouses. Our office, uh, the Defense State Liaison Office, has been working with states to change their uh, licensing laws to make them uh, accommodate the fact that military spouses move certainly at a much higher rate than uh, their civilian counterparts. So there are state-to-state licensing laws, and these vary from state to state. Some states have laws that will accommodate military spouses. Others have uh, perhaps an an accelerated application process, but still they have to go through the process of applying for a license. What is interesting about interstate compacts, and maybe that's what you're referring to in terms of programs, interstate compacts are contracts between states uh, that allow for uh, the states to work things like licensing as an interstate function. And so they can eliminate a lot of the application requirements. And as you say, for nurses, there is the Nurse Licensure Compact, which is approved right now in 34 states that allows any practicing nurse that has a uh, compact license to work uh, in any member state Uh, based on having a license in their home state that remains in good standing. And this is the kind of thing that we're seeking for military spouses. Right now, we are working with eight different professions who have uh, license compacts to assist uh, them with 
obtaining state approval of their compact by basically telling them how these things will help military spouses because they will have the opportunity to retain a home state license and then work in all other member states without relicensing. And so it it eliminates all that requirement for application fees, etc. And it gives them that optimum opportunity to go straight to looking for a job. How are you going to be working with these different occupations? Why have they not gotten the compacts to begin with like some of the other occupations have? What are some of the barriers to entry there and how will you be working with them? In uh, the National Defense Authorization Act for 2020, uh, the Congress gave the Department of Defense the authority to establish a cooperative agreement with the Council of State Governments. And we have been working with the Council of State Governments to uh, develop this cooperative agreement to allow the Department of Defense to support professions that may not have had the resources necessary to start the process of developing a compact to have a grant that will support them to to work with the Council of State Government's National Center for Interstate Compacts to develop a compact. And uh, if I could, I'd like to turn to my colleague Dan Logston from the National Center for Interstate Compacts to talk a little bit about the work that he does. We've been uh, working on interstate compacts since we were founded uh, in the 1930s, and we have a, a template in place on how we go about creating them. And so what the agreement with the Department of Defense allows us to do is work with these professions to, you know, convene uh, a technical assistance group that will make recommendations about the provisions of the compact, uh, convene uh, a, a team to, to draft the compact, uh, work with the professions to uh, socialize the document through a robust stakeholder review process. Uh, interesting thing about interstate compacts uh, is that once they reach uh, the legislative stage, uh, they can't be changed significantly. They can't be changed substantively. These are, as Marcus mentioned earlier, these are contracts between and among states. And so uh, you have to have that robust stakeholder review process uh, to make sure that, uh, you know, you can uh, you have a document that um, uh, folks feel confident in uh, that that they don't need to do a lot of editing or or, or amend. Once it's finalized, uh, we'll then work with them to convene um, uh, a, a meeting among the states uh, to to introduce the document, and and then you know the, that's the end of, of our role uh, for this project. And that typically follows what we do uh, when we're creating um, an interstate compact for professions. Uh, as Marcus mentioned. Uh, currently, there are uh, nine existing uh, compacts. There's the um, Interstate uh, uh, Medical Licensure Compact. Uh, you've mentioned uh, the Nursing Compact. There's one for PTs. There's one for uh, physical therapists. There's one for um, EMS, state EMS personnel, psychologists, speech pathologists, and audiologists. That's one compact. Uh, we just finished late last year a compact for occupational therapy profession and the counseling profession. And so, um, uh, you know, we, we've got, we were a part or led the effort to create um, uh, all of those licensure compacts. Uh, certainly, uh, states uh, typically belong to about two dozen interstate compacts. Uh, licensure compacts are, 
the most uh, recent iteration of, of these mechanisms, but uh, certainly states use them for lots of other means. There's five national compacts that every state and territory uh, belongs to. So, um, uh, you know, we'll follow the process laid out in our in our agreement with DOD, which mirrors uh, our typical uh, effort to create these mechanisms. Dan Logston, director of the Council of State Government's National Center for Interstate Compacts, and you also heard from the director of DOD's Defense State Liaison Office, Marcus Beauregard, speaking with Federal News Network's Scott Massioni. Check out Scott's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.